Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. So, Dark Souls then. What a great game. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> I could talk about it all day. What a great game in general. Uh, even, you know what, even The Bed of Chaos and Pinwheel. Uh, though when you gave me Pinwheel, my first thought was, oh, I, I'm okay with Pinwheel as a boss. <laughs> That's probably because it's incredibly mediocre. It's, <laughs> it's the boss nobody remembers. Yeah, but it's it, but it, like Pinwheel's a minor boss though, right? Like Pinwheel's a stepping stone to get yeah, to yeah, yeah. Gravelord Mito. He is critical path, but mm-hmm. he's by the time you kill him, he'll probably be easy peasy. Oh, right. You can beat him by running up and smacking him three times. <laughs> After you figure out which one is him. <laughs> yeah, the first time I played Dark Souls, I attended towards a cautious playstyle. Mm-hmm. And I think the first time I ran through Dark Souls, I was just uh, making sure to keep my shield up most of the time. Yes. Which is the best all-purpose strategy for a new player. Uh, the the turtle run with a spear, just shield and poke, shield and poke, absolutely. Yeah, Halberd, actually, I think I had. Oh, okay. But uh, the first time I tried to fight Pinwheel on that first run, I died because I was being too cautious. I gave oh. him too much time, he spawned like three clones of himself. If you just run up before he has a chance to do that, he can be dead in seconds. Oh, yeah. Once once you have your confidence about you, Pinwheel Pinwheel is definitely a pushover. The the thing that I like about Pinwheel and, you know, obviously I mentioned this in the show is the lore, the setting, the the overall ambiance that Pinwheel brings. Yeah, Pinwheel has unusually deep lore, actually. Mm-hmm. Quite deep, even for Dark Souls. I mean, what's the lore behind the Taurus demon? He's a big demon. <laughs> he hangs out on a parapet. Yes. He likes to jump on things. Mm-hmm. But here you have a family, like undead family, fused together. There's like the copies of Pinwheel as you get closer to Grave Lord Nido, even with like little baby skeletons like pinwheel was practicing on the baby skeletons to bring his own baby back ah oh, it's beautiful and you know the good thing about all this lore and backstory is that they don't smash you over the head with it with lengthy documents or cutscenes. <laughs> right it's all in the background because if you look at the design of pinwheel it's literally like three people in one robe mm-hmm. with their arms out Yes, well, that's, why, the, the that's why the dad at the bottom like, giving giving piggybacks to the other two. Well, and even you know, because when Pinwheel dies, you get one of the three masks: the father, the mother, or the child. And like it's it's the uh, that right there is how deep and wonderful and easily accessible the lore is. Where you can tell the dad is carrying both the child and the mother because if you use the father's mask, it lets you uh, it gives you strength and lets you carry more items. If you use the mother's mask, uh, you get more health. And if you use the child's mask, it gives you more stamina. Something like that. Or more yeah. speed or something like that. And so it's just like, that's how easily they blanket the lore over the items. Yes. Thinking about it. Quite a lot of lore going on there. Mm-hmm. Quite unusually high. Perhaps uh, I was too easy on you. <laughs> I think you were. Just, I think you were incredibly I think I just, too I think easy. I just went to a, a website because uh, I went to like a, a listicle for worst boss fights in Dark Souls. And obviously the first <laughs> one was Bed of Chaos. Of course. But the next one was Pinwheel. And I was thinking, yeah, Pinwheel, kind of bland. I kill him in three hits. Let's go with that. Yeah. What, no, would, you I- have said, what would you have said for like second worst boss fight in Dark Souls? Um, the, is it called, is it just called the Hydra or like, what's the, what's the multi-headed dragon in the lake? That thing sucks. That's not a boss fight. It's an optional fight. You don't, you don't go through a fog door. It doesn't have a health bar. It's not a boss fight. Whatever it is, it sucks ass. (laughs) How about that? I guess. How about about um, that? What about the Capra demon? 
the Capra. Okay, so I'm I'm really bad at remembering names. The, is the Capra demon the the thing that's block the first thing that's blocking you in the uh, in the jail? No, no. Hold on, let me look up what the Capra demon is. The Cap. The Capra demon is. Whoa. He's he's the fella in like lower undead berg who's just got like a staircase and a oh, corridor. Oh, like the minotaur bottom. looking guy. And he's got two dogs. Oh yeah, fuck him. That yeah. like not only does he have two dogs, he has an incredibly wide swinging attack and then they give you an inc- like a super narrow hallway to fight him in. Yeah. Yeah, that is the boss fight sucks. that's for new players, that's if you survive the first second, you might be in with a chance, but you probably won't. <laughs> right, and and that boss fight sucks doubly because getting to the Capper Demon is really difficult because it has all of the uh, all of those like stealthy, poisony people on the way. Mm. Mm. Yes, that fight sucks. Yeah, I guess I should have remembered that one at the time. I was under pressure. That fight sucks. Uh, you know, the, the great thing about that fight is it really does. Uh, one, the Camper Demon looks amazing uh, as far as like uh, just style goes. And it does teach you it, it teaches you prioritization of mm-hmm. enemies and that you can't just forever roll because eventually you will run out of space. So I, I do think the Camper Demon is a good teaching tool. Right. It's a crash course. <laughs> it it's is not. It's not bed of chaos material. In that, it's not just a complete waste of time. Yeah, right, like the bed of chaos as a fight is a waste of time, and the fact that the only way to hurt the bed of chaos is to stand precariously close to the lava pit that will instantly kill you. And is just the, the fact that it's like so plot important. I mean the. The law behind the bed of chaos is basically the law of the whole game. Oh, it's the not. remains of the witch of Isolith who uh, sacrificed their own soul to rekindle the flame, oh. and in doing so, created all the demons that infest the demon ruins. <laughs> oh well, then there you go. Uh, yeah, yeah. Yes, yeah, you know that lady from the intro sequence mm-hmm. who had like the fire in her hands. Yeah, and had a bunch of hooded ladies around her. That's the bed of chaos. She's oh. not. She's not looking her best. She's the mother of Quaylag, the Spider Lady, and all of them too. Mm. And all of them too. But I've always thought it's an interesting, uh, from a design perspective, an interesting question. What would you do to fix the bed of chaos? I mean, the simplest change you could do to make mm. the boss fight better. I mean, obviously, the ideally we want to redesign the whole thing. Right. Make it more like. I don't know, the curse rotted great wood from Dark Souls 3. What? I just like throwing out names and seeing if you recognize them. I this is a thing about me. Um I I'm a I'm a visual learner. If you describe right. to me a boss, I will remember it very uh very Big easily. Tree. Big uh, tree in Dark mean, Souls 3. You mean tree balls? <laughs> tree balls, yeah. Tree balls. The cur- the curse rotted great wood. Yes, oh, that's a fun fight. That would have been a good way to do the bed of chaos fight because the bed of chaos is a big tree, basically. Uh, you know, I think if we were going to meld story and uh, story and boss fight, something that you could learn from tree balls, uh, an interesting side of tree balls is tree balls also um, makes a bunch of zombies sprout up and attack yes. you. And so perhaps the bed of chaos itself is not a terribly difficult fight, but it keeps resurrecting waves and waves of undead. But like the bed of chaos itself, you know, only takes one or two hits. See, that's very much my thinking when I think about a simple way to fix the bed of chaos. Mm -hmm. But what I would do really simply is just put a floor under the bottomless pit. Put a floor over rather. So instead of falling to your death every time the floor collapses, you just fall into a chamber below. Ooh. And that's where you spawn all the mobs and little monsters that harass you. 
And then and you can it. easily run up some stairs and get mm. on with trying to kill the bed of chaos. Ah, uh, that would be I my one. It. That would be my quick fix. That would be my one thing that would make the bed of chaos less shitty as a boss fight. Yes, uh, I agree. I, I can I can agree with that. And if you if you don't fall, like what we can say is like the uh, the the hordes in the lower floor can't make it to the second floor. So if you don't fall, it can still be a relatively easy fight. But if you yeah. do fall, it's very it's ex- exponentially more difficult. Got to get you rolling on. <laughs> oh yeah, I like that. I like that. I'm trying to go through. You, you know what boss fight I have never ever cared for is Tell the um, is it the the four kings the four kings is that what it's it's called? That takes place in completely black space yes and, just the uh, void and you have to kill a multiple number of uh, them big floating dudes with the magic attacks and the big swords yep and if you don't get to them in time they can just uh, projectile you from uh from oblivion and i i just i always thought it was a very weak fight once once you kind of figure out what you're doing you can get through it very simply no i never cared for it either and again it's the fact that it's such a pain in the ass to get to it yes which is a big part of the problems i mean even leaving aside the fact that you need to get the ring from sif before you can descend into the abyss <laughs> there's no bonfires in new londo ruins mm-hmm this is going to be mm. lost on viewers who have never played Dark Souls. A lot of Play this. Dark Souls. It's so amazing. Yeah, what's wrong with you? <laughs> they got a, like a remastered version. You can play it on the Switch on the toilet now. Uh, that's uh, that's where I've played most of my Dark Souls is on the Switch. It runs beautifully, uh, and and it's it's such a fantastic experience. And once once you get through it your first time, like digging into the lore, like watching people's videos about the lore, and then under you just understand it more, and you can play it more and more times. One of my favorite playthroughs of Dark Souls was I, I did a wizard run just to see at least one, just to see how overpowered I could get. And Jesus effing Christ, you can get incredibly overpowered. Yeah, the game gets a lot easier if you. <laughs> do a wizard run yes it's great <laughs> just stand back fire your firebolt 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 they're dead it's great have you ever like seriously used bows in a dark souls run never no me neither <laughs> i mean why waste the ammo just just use magic right right um i wonder if I, i'm sure right someone has has someone done a bow only run probably uh, <laughs> Hold on, I'm Googling this now. How to make a bow-only build in Dark Souls. That would be fun. Yeah, it would definitely be a a skill run, though. Mm -hmm. I mean, if you just want to play it efficiently, (laughs) then, yeah, sword and board, bit of magic. Maybe, like, learn to switch to two-handing every now and again. (laughs) Yeah, that's fun. I know, like... You know, usually in a game like this, for me, my first playthrough is very middle of the road. Like I, I don't, I don't min max on my first playthrough just because I, I'm figuring out how I want to play. No, I, yeah, I generally just, you know, you get those little irrational thoughts where you, if if you just like feed a couple of stats, you start to think, oh, what if the other stats feel left out? I should put a couple of points in there so they don't feel left out. Right. That tends right. to be my approach to RPGs. Yeah, but then like usually about halfway through, and this this happened to me on my first playthrough of Dark Souls and my first playthrough of Skyrim, about halfway through I figured out how I wanted to play, so then I just restarted, min-maxed the hell out of it, and had a great time. There's certainly a couple of revelations you have to have to get into Dark Souls. I think mm. the first one is that it doesn't matter how apocalyptically massive and deadly an enemy's blow seems, mm-hmm. you can probably block it with your shield. <laughs> That's very true. Get a highest ability shield, play as a knight, mm-hmm. and you can just tank everything. That was up. that was a huge revelation for me because I, I played Bloodborne first as far as all the Soulsborne games are concerned. And, of course, there is no usable shield in Bloodborne. Mm. And, and so uh, my first time playing through Dark Souls, I was trying to repost absolutely everything and doing a, a relatively good job at it. But as soon as I figured out you could just tank and poke and tank and poke, the entire game changed for me. Yeah, there's like 
starting zombies in the undead berg who have a shield and a spear mm-hmm. and they can be right pains in the ass because <laughs> you have to like kick the shield out of the way before you can do any damage to them well it's just it it it, it speaks so highly of how how much thought they put into the level design like specifically for me it was the bridge it was the area under the dragon bridge you remember the bridge where the dragon breathes fire yeah with the uh, you go under there and there's some like uh, poisony rats yes and 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 before the poisony rats there's you know just a handful of of your undead and because it's so tight and narrow you can't roll or else you will roll off the bridge and they have the the different the the weird timed attack so reposting them is very difficult and that is specifically the area where dark souls clicked for me for me it was the gargoyle boss fight Mm. Like if you can get as far as that, if you can get through that, you are officially into Dark Souls. <laughs> that's that's my like turning point. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And just someone, and just summon someone to help you with it. Just get through that, and you're officially in Dark Souls. Just summon Solaire for God's sake. Just you know, well, and but that's all part of it. Learning how to become um, unkindled, right? Mm. Or how to restore your humanity. That's part of the journey. So you have to restore your humanity so you can get a friend to come and help yeah, you. Yeah, that's really badly explained. It's very, <laughs> it's very, very badly explained. You have to be human to summon. <laughs> Use humanity. Rekindle it a bonfire. Rekindle it a bonfire. And then you can summon dudes. Yes. Just figure that out. Let's, um, let's talk for a moment about the first boss fight. Um, the Asylum Demon. The Asylum Demon. You know, one, it teaches you uh, the, the drop-down maneuver. It takes, it takes a lot of health out of it. It's intimidating the first time you play, mm-hmm. but uh, a few playthroughs later you realize just how how easy it is when you have a grasp of the basic mechanics, by which what? I mean you roll behind him and you poke him in the bum. Right. and And how... A beautiful a design that is it is i mean you know obviously a very powerful demon but also just slow enough so that you mm. can expertly or feel like you're expertly rolling out of the way it's i think that the uh the asylum demon is a wonderful confidence booster as so many games take influence from dark souls of course it's the big the souls like is the big thing mm-hmm. it's a whole genre now but I feel like the recurring thing that these like Dark Souls imitators get wrong is that they f- try to focus on skillful combat. They focus on you against new specific big dude in armor with sword, mm-hmm. and they add like put like a health bar over them, and they call him Brian the Tinkerer. And yeah. they go, Ooh, he's got a name. <laughs> this will be a serious fight. <laughs> and what these games tend to disregard so much is that Dark Souls also had a lot of insanely massive monsters that you yes. have boss fights against. Mm. Insanely that, those massive were always, monsters. Th- those are always the fav- my favorite boss fights. The ones against the giant misshapen monsters where you have to relearn everything about... You can't just roll behind an armored dude and stab him in the butt. <laughs> <laughs> well and and the teaching moments the dark souls does such a wonderful job of teaching you how to play it through its level design and enemy placement you know like we were saying with the asylum demon it is just slow enough where you can start rolling and figuring out that that's the good strategy the asylum demon also teaches you it's your very first lesson on running away because there's no way you can uh, as a brand new player can defeat it uh when you first meet it so it teaches you it's okay to run away Yes, and it teaches you things without having to flash up text all the time saying, hey, by the way, you can probably just run through that door over there. Mm-hmm. I'd say that Beautiful. my favorite boss fight in Dark Souls is probably still the Gaping Dragon. Like, Not oh. so much to fight it. I think it's got kind of a tanky health bar. Mm-hmm. But I really love its design, the imagery. Yes. And there is the things it teaches you, like it teaches you not to get greedy. You smack it a few times with your stick because it's like having a little breather. Mm-hmm. But if you're still around when it's ready to start charging again, it will fuck you up. 
I just love yeah. the design. It's a huge inside-out dragon. Right, with its, with its entire mouth torso. on its belly. Yeah, Its entire torso has just burst open and turned inside-out. <laughs> and oh, it gorgeous. tries to bite you with its ribcage. It is insane. It's it's beautiful. It's beautiful. Uh, beautiful design. And and just be, because it's so massive and can kill you so easily, really hammers home that idea of under like no uh, a, a monster's tell right mm. you know when it's going to charge you know when it's going to does it, i'm trying to remember does it drop it drops some acid or something right yeah i think when its health is low it um it can do a thing where it like vomits a huge amount of this stuff i don't think it hurts you but it like damages all your equipment Ooh, yeah, maybe that, or maybe it like damages your stamina or something like that. I f- I forget exactly what it does, but like it has a tell. Is the point is like it yeah. it you know like like a cat uh, ready to upchuck something. It like hook hook. <laughs> That's the point. You got to learn. You got to learn every boss's moves from the subtle changes in animation. Of course, it's, you got to just throw yourself at the boss again and again until you figure all this out. Yes. Yes. I'm trying I'm trying to think of like some boss fights that that I truly truly love and and I don't know if this is if this is cheating but um but Sif the is, is Sif the dog with the sword? Yes. The dog with the sword. The dog with the sword. Sif is a fantastic fight. Big certainly, dog Certainly a surprise after you've been fighting nothing but horrible demons and dudes in armor just have to fight this big this big cuddly lovable good boy the, just this adorable dog who is doing nothing but protecting the grave of his dead master have you seen the alternative cutscene you get if you do the dlc and like there's a bit in the dlc where you can like rescue sif like back in the past oh really yeah you rescue sif and then uh, if you Go if you then go back to the main game and then do Sif's boss fight, you get an alternative cutscene where he remembers you, and it's really tragic because he has oh. to kill you anyway because he's trying to guard the grave of his master. Right? Oh, that's adorable. I didn't know. I did not do that. Check it out <laughs> on YouTube. It's fun. that is adorable. That well, and one, just once again, expertly blanketing the world with story and lore and none of it is a cutscene where someone says let me tell you all about this in subtle ways in subtle I mean, ways having but- to have a whole different version of the cutscene for the scenario in which a player does the dlc and then does the sif boss fight which i think a lot of <laughs> players wouldn't I mean, no, a lot of no. players would save the dlc stuff for the end mm-hmm, mm-hmm. absolutely and you know, there's it's it's equally it's equally tragic meeting Sif in the DLC after having fought him in the in the past or future, however yeah, we want to say that. Future thing. The past. You can future summon thing. him. You can summon him for the final boss of the DLC. He's fucking mm-hmm. useless, but you can summon him. <laughs> I mean, why wouldn't you? <laughs> Quite. <laughs> yeah. No, I think. Uh, uh, but I like. I, I really think that Sif is one of those boss fights that, on paper, is very standard, right? He attacks, you dodge, very, very simple. But because Sif is this giant dog holding a sword in its mouth, it it has a grandiose feeling to it. Pretty easy, though. You just, like, stand oh, yeah. under him and, like, tickle his tummy with your halberd. Exactly. So is that your favorite boss? Uh, that's one of the bosses that stands out the most to me. Hmm. Uh, I You know, favorite is, that's a really tricky thing I to know. call right i know it's hard to pick which in is your favorite like, children <laughs> in terms of gameplay i guess i quite like uh night artorius from the dlc it's mm. just a just a, a grueling duel between you and this broken knight just a bare knuckle brawl absolutely just after figuring out his tells and trying to like it's not unfair mm. you just gotta like pick your moments <laughs> And be very careful. <laughs> it's tough. Like, yeah, I, I think it's right on the razor edge of unfair. But so is so much of Dark Souls. Uh, let's see here. I think I think there is an argument for Orenstein and Smug. They those certainly come up a lot. Bit of a roadblock before the like third phase of the game. 
Well, and you know the gatekeepers to the uh, to the the beautiful Gwendolyn, <laughs> if yes. you will, the the bit of beauty after such a grueling fight. Yeah. Try, uh, try using both hands and all that. <laughs> that's a joke. That's a joke. Um, uh, uh, warning, great chest uh, ahead. Yeah. Right. Uh, but, uh, you know, like that's a grueling fight and it's a very interesting fight because of, you know, whoever you beat first, the other becomes more powerful after. And so it's it's always a that that game of which, you know, am I going to whittle them down? Who am I going to go for first? Do I just go for one first, then tackle yeah. the other? Or do I whittle them both down? The reason why that's such a grueling fight is that Dark Souls is very much a combat system based around one-on-one fights. Mm-hmm. And just adding one additional thing to worry about in a fight just exponentially increases your problems. Yes. It multiplies problems. But, like, you know, Dark Souls does a really good job of teaching you to prioritize one target. Like, if, if you can stay focused on one target, even if there's other people, one target, one target, you know, concentrate on one thing. But with Ornstein and Smo, they keep pounding you, yeah. pun intended, um, I tend s- to be a killer of Ornsteins <laughs> first myself. Oh, but then Smo gets like lightning hammer, right? <laughs> yeah, but he's still a big ponderous dude. And I find mm. it's almost comforting only having to kill like a big ponderous dude. Because, hey, That's just fair. like stand behind their leg and stab them a lot. <laughs> that seems to be the trick for a lot of Dark Souls giant monster fights. <laughs> That's fair. That's there are fair. very few monsters that have an attack that hits the space just behind their leg. Some of them will do like a little kick thing. Mm. In fact, you can if you look at like later Dark Souls games, there's a lot of boss fights that have a move especially for if you're trying that shit. Like the last giant in Dark Souls 2, he has a move where he grabs between his legs. <laughs> and I didn't, you know, I didn't play uh, through much of Dark Souls 2 as it's usually the the, it's, uh, a, it's a polarizer, I'd say. Mm. Dark Souls 2. Yes. It's, that's, a, that's a very uh, uh, magnanimous way to put it. It feels quite different in its approach to like level structuring and pacing. It's very linear. Mm-hmm. But then again, Dark Souls 3 always felt to me like a bit of wallowing too much in the original sequel syndrome. Agreed. Yeah, I mean, Dark Souls 3 feels like more of a sequel to Dark Souls, but I think if it came right after Dark Souls, we all would have just said, yeah, but but this is just more Dark Souls. <laughs> yeah, I remember you saying know? Dark Souls 1 was like uh, boss fights with either dude in armor or giant monstrosity. Mm. Dark Souls 2 was mostly dudes in armor, and they did Bloodborne, which was mostly giant monstrosities. Mm. So... Love me some Bloodborne. Um, the two directions you can go in. So, so there's the two directions. I I rather like. Oh, is her name Quaylog? Quaylog, Quaylog the the fi- the 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 nude fire spider lady. Yes, try holding with both hands. <laughs> well, like you know, one. Uh, we have atmosphere, right? We're we're mm-hmm. at the 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 very bottom of the the worst part of Dark Souls, the yeah. the horrible poison swamps. Yep. Um, after Blight Town. Blight Town. Thank you. Names. And then, yeah. Yahtzee. And then uh, uh, great monster design as well. Yes. Huge lava spider with naked lady's torso. So if you're frightened by the giant spider, you can enjoy some lovely titties to calm yourself down. And it's that it's that great like push and pull of like oh oh yeah. oh oh ooh sexy <laughs> oh god giant lava spider I also I don't know where my head's at <laughs> I love that the familiar you can summon there is like just the big brute lady in a loincloth <laughs> Manny to Mildred yes these things and I'm going to know the names of every single one. Thank you. I see. Like I, these are the things I know. All the things I just don't know any names because I don't have that kind of memory. Uh, so thank you well, for maybe being you just my haven't played Dark Souls enough. <gasps> J'accuse. I'm starting to feel like I need to reinstall it again. One of these days, I'm going to actually play it on the PC. Maybe get some mods in there. That'd be fun. 
Mm, there's a few good ones. Mm-hmm. I want to play. I, I want to play as a skeleton. <laughs> That's my only thing. I want to. Well, I just want to be a skeleton. Well, who wouldn't? Right. I mean, no, technically, you are. Whenever you play the game, you're playing a skeleton. Oh. It's just you also have other bits. You, you know what? Touche. <laughs> Touche. <laughs> but but yeah, like the Quaylog fight seems like a a crescendo after after getting through Blight Town after like poking every nook and cranny of Blight Town. The Quaylog just seems like a an amazing fight, and then of course it opens up something even worse than Blight Town as we yeah. start getting into Blight. Blight Town is like a slog. It's a brown mm. slog. Yes, uh, it's it's uh, kind of uh, demoralizing. <laughs> it's just sort of dark and full of sick people, mm-hmm. and it's not very like nice architecture like in some parts of the game and you get down to this horrible poison swamp that you just slog through yeah you're starting to think oh blimey oh <laughs> blimey this is i feel sorry for everyone who has to live here that's why isn't i'm it, killing them isn't it and then beautiful? you then you go to go to a room and said oh what's down this way oh it's a giant lava spider with a naked lady torso well that was a bit of a shift of mood Exactly. It's it's the it's your reward for making it through Blight Town. Yeah, like games uh, that that have it's like um, what's it called? Games like Asura's Wrath, where it's just crazy, crazy imagery and huge things and huge, impressive operatic things constantly mm-hmm. from moment one. Those things I just find quite exhausting. You need you need the ebbs and the flows, and I think exhausting like of the senses. It is. No, it is. It's fair. And it's like if we I I always like to break Dark Souls up into kind of the three acts that it is, you know, we, think, with the pro. Yeah, most people do, I think. The, you, you have your prologue. Uh, the act one is, of course, ringing both bells. Ring the bells. And then and, it's uh, go to an Orlando. Yep. Then, then obtain the Lord Vessel. And, and then it's the Lord Souls. Yeah. And then, of course, your your finale, which is beautiful, uh, but but like just looking at that first act, right? Like ringing ringing both of the bells, forcing the players both to slog through Blight Town, which is I mean, it is terrible. It's it's a terrible slog, but it really sets you in the right moment. And usually, that will come after you ring the first bell, which has you going, you know, or wait first bell yeah that's after yeah. the first bell that's fine okay yeah, <laughs> I'm, tr- yeah. I'm trying to the first bell's, so first bell's the easy one you ring the yes. first bell and think well that wasn't so hard just had to <laughs> climb to the top of the undead berg fight a couple mm-hmm. of gargoyles uh, i guess the second bell can't be too far away well i i suppose what what i'm what the other thing I'm bringing up here like basically this podcast is just us gu- gushing about dark souls and seems you know, like that's what it's going to be. We'll get to boss fights as we talk about it. The The beautiful thing about the first act is what it seems to do is set up the very heights and the very depths of the game. You go to the rooftops to ring the bell. You go to the the poisoned swamps beneath everything to ring the bell. There's There's no higher or lower you can go, yet it's only the first act. And then you go higher into Honor yeah. Lundo. You can Turns go lower. There are higher places and lower places. And that that is the joy of the game, is it seems to set these boundaries and then break them. Um, other fun boss fights. Oh, you know what? what? Boss fight's super lame. <laughs> Tell me. The is it even a boss fight? I'm trying to remember. Okay, so uh, in in a Blight Town, you yeah. can find the the hidden entrance to the tree roots in the swamp. Yeah, it's very and hidden. Wh- you have to go through like two invisible, two like not invisible, two hidden walls. You go through you two hidden smash. walls, and uh, and you make your way all the way to the bottom of that, and there is a little dragon down there. Is that a boss fight? No, you don't fight the dragon at the end of... Oh, I was talking shit, but I forgot what it's called now. Ha-ha! <laughs> Your intellect has its limits. Ash Lake. 
Mm, nice. The the tree. I think the going down the tree roots is the Great Hollow, and they lead to Ash Lake. Like the, this okay. whole two areas you don't see if you don't two optional areas you don't see if you don't find these two invisible walls. Yes. And Ash Lake is this like um, primordial area at the bottom of everything. Yes. Which is where like the everlasting dragons hung out, as established in the intro, and the everlast at the end of it all, you meet one of the everlasting dragons. And they just sit there. Oh, okay. You don't fight them. You can join a covenant with them, yes. and you can and you can hack off its tail to get a unique weapon, but it won't fight you. Oh, okay. Yeah, I remember you can you can get an item that gives you a dragon head. Yes, and yeah, you can that's then, the covenant item, I think. Okay, and then you can spit fire. I remember that. I remember it also being terribly, terribly useless. <laughs> Well, it's just fun to wear. It's like it's just- the the uh, the <laughs> chest mimic head. Oh, sure. <laughs> it's completely useless. It actually drains your health to wear it, but mm. it's fun but- to go around with a chest mimic head. Right, but it's fun. So something uh, I said in the mm. in the video, yes, uh, where I said that the bed of chaos being lame is actually a clever intentional subversion that ties in with the game's theme. Mm-hmm. That is something I think that is true of the game's actual final boss fight with Lord Gwyn. Okay. Because when you reach him in the Kill of the First Flame, the whole point is that this is the dude who's like hollowed himself trying to keep the Age of Flame going. Yes. And is now like a broken shell of a man. And so when you fight the boss, not only is it kind of a lame fight, just like a one-on-one thing, mm-hmm. he's actually fairly easy to parry. Yes. But they play like really sad music while you're fighting him. Really sad, lonely piano music for this lonely man who's like lost everything mm-hmm. in the pursuit of continuing his age. He's and just now he's you're just desperately trying to la- be relevant for one more year, for one more cycle. Just please let me be relevant for a little bit longer. Hmm. Strangely, uh parallels one could be drawn with the current political situation that's specifically why i said that (laughs) just just desperately trying to hold on to any power by using any sort of trickery that he can i'm only talking about dark souls here Uh, yes of course but it is like (laughs) like an expression of the game's theme and quite a subversion Mm. as as final boss fights go all right i can i you know i could hear that I, i i'm with you I don't know if that necessarily applies to the bed of chaos. Probably not, no. But uh But yeah, I, I genuinely I, think that of the the Lord Gwyn fight. I do feel like the bed of chaos is very similar to the uh okay, the the guy at the top of uh of Sid's lair of uh-huh. uh, of the the snake the snake tower, who's the Sen's guy in the top? Sen's fortress. Sen's fortress, not Sen's Sid's f- lair. Sen's not fortress. Sid. Not who the fuck's Sid? Sid is the kid from Toy Story. I don't know. Okay. <laughs> yeah, Sen's fortress, and the boss at the top of that is the Iron Golem. Is the Iron Golem? So the Iron Golem is also a relatively easy fight. It's just dodging and poking. Yeah, run between but- his legs and stab him in the back of the leg. Right, but the real challenge is getting up there in the first place, much like the Bed of Chaos. The real challenge is getting through all the crap to get down there. Yeah, yeah. Nah. <laughs> Which I, I, he's, I guess... He's, like, he's, he's, the, he's the token guard to um, at the gates of Anorlondo, I suppose. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so, like, I, and I think that could be said about a lot of... Of bosses in Dark Souls, a lot of bosses are kind of pushovers, but the the real challenge is getting to them. If you want to like try to add some extra challenge to that, you can you can get the Iron Golem to to fall off the boss arena. Oh yeah, if you're careful about it, because if you like keep hitting his leg, he like falls on his ass, and you get like mm. some free hits. But if you can yeah, do yeah. that at just the right spot, you can get him to fall off the arena, and he just dies, and you win. <laughs> That's fair. That's fair. Um, oh, what do, you know? What I'm? What am I thinking? the 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 best fo- boss fight is Grave Lord Nito. Grave Lord Nito. Grave Lord Nito. You think that's the most Nito of the boss fights? I think so. Uh, it it uses all of your skills. 
it utilizes parrying, it utilizes dodge rolling, it utilizes crowd management as uh, Nito can summon undead. He's got a lot of skelly friends. He's got a lot of skelly friends. Um, also, quite possibly, uh, as far as my opinion is concerned, Gravelord Nito is the most beautiful creature in the game. He's a pile of skeletons in like a bear skin rug. Yes. And I love that. He is a he is a pile of human-sized skeletons in a cape with He's a fun. big scythe. <laughs> He's fun, but I worry from software sometimes like falls back on a bunch of bodies smashed together as a boss fight quite a lot. If if you know how to play the hits, man, you play them hard. <laughs> like the Rotten was that in Dark Souls 2. There's oh, a couple on those lines of Dark Souls 3. And I feel mm. like every other boss in Bloodborne is a bunch of things smashed together. <laughs> yes, I will agree with that. But Nito was there first. Oh, well, of course. <laughs> well, technically, Legion from Castlevania Symphony of the Night got there first. The, from software about, didn't make that. That doesn't count. Well, if you want to talk about boss fight consisting of monster that's lots of bodies smashed together Hmm. well fine then uh well i I guess like that just that left me for a little bit that entire area the the entire area in between uh pinwheel and nido yeah the whole um skeleton caves the skeleton caves with the giant skeletons the fact that it is in complete darkness um what a terrifying and wonderful area yeah always a bit of a pain in the ass to get through oh of course Nito's not so prominent in my memory just because uh there's a lot of playthroughs where i just stop at that point because i'm bored of the dark skeleton caves that well that's the thing is like that once you once you are brave enough to to run into the skeletons uh that that area can be a bit of a can be a bit of a slog but beautiful horror Mm. just darkness and constant danger and you're always like looking around where where is it and then you know you see the eyes the glowing eyes in the dark distance ah that's beautiful horror Mm. you remember that old kids tv Mm. series trapdoor claymation tv series i think it was british so yeah you probably didn't know it sorry but the whole premise was that there was this trapdoor with monsters under it and uh, you never went down there, and you went, and every week there were different monster come out out of it to like harass the main characters. Love it. That Absolutely whole like skeleton cave area is what I imagine things were like under that trapdoor. <laughs> yes, lovely, lovely area. I'm just trying. You know what I can't remember, and uh, so I, I need your help with this. All right. Once you, I'm trying to remember like the library area, the Duke's archives, the Duke's archives. What were the bosses over there? The the uh, Seath the Scaleless was over in that area. Yeah, Seath the Scaleless. That's actually that's it. Is that it for bosses? You, you fight him once, and it's like a supposed to lose fight, and he you get end up in his prison. You escape right. from there, then you get out of the Duke's archives. You go to the Crystal Caves, and then you fight Seath again at the end of those. Right. So there are, uh, he's actually the only boss in the Duke Archives area. Really? No, yeah, he's the only one. Oh, that's lame. <laughs> <laughs> You're lame, Dark Souls. We've retroactively discovered. <laughs> well, no, and I mean, like, the Archives is a, is a fun, that's a fun area, just because it's so different than everything else, visually. Yeah. I mean, I know what you mean. It feels like there should be more boss fights. The Demon Ruins, that whole area, it's like boss fights for days. <laughs> ceaseless Discharge. And this is after Quaylag. Fight Quaylag, then it's the Ceaseless Discharge, then it's the Centipede Demon, the Demon Fire Sage, and at the end of all that, the Bed of Chaos, which is really bad. Which is re- <laughs> Now I have to remember all of these. Ceaseless, the ceaseless Discharge is another good law boss not so interesting to fight boss ah gotcha he's like one of the the sons of the a witch of isolith mm. who mutated after the whole demon invasion thing oh, and he only attacks yeah. he only attacks you after you like steal his sister's gear from his sister's corpse gotcha. he goes what are you doing you asshole 
and then the, he tries to kill you. For anyone like me who doesn't know things by their name, uh, this is the lava octopus. No, it's the ceaseless discharge. <laughs> it's the lava octopus. <laughs> it's fun to say ceaseless discharge because it sounds rude. Uh, yes. You could say yes. I had a ceaseless discharge last night. Boom. Hey, hey, oh. <laughs> had to go to the doctor. <clears throat> right. Yes, and the centipede demon is um, the thing you fight. I think that's the last thing one can summon Solaire for. It's like in a big pool of lava, mm-hmm. and there's just a big monster that jumps around a lot. Oh, and yeah, it, that was kind of a you, lame fight. When you kill it, you get the ring that protects you from lava. Right. The orange yeah, charred was... ring. A little bit of a lame fight. I'm, yeah. I'm looking. I'm I'm looking at them right now and remembering all of these fights. Sort of in between fight, really. Yeah, I, you know, I and I think maybe that that's like the moral of this podcast is, like the boss fights are important to Dark Souls, but it is a game about the journey, not necessarily your destinations. Yeah, I suppose. But they're all. A big part of the law. If you can, if you get into the law, mm-hmm. you can enjoy the boss fights a lot more, as you understand you their place in the world. Well, and it's it's the different points on the needle. You know, like gameplay, gameplay, gameplay down here. Boss fight, gameplay, gameplay, gameplay. Like they they you have to you have to have your different levels. But I I feel like in actually thinking about it and going through most of the bosses in Dark Souls, most of them I would consider to be just all right. Boss hmm. fights. What if we like extended it to the other Souls and Bloodborne's games? Mm. Any particular standouts in the other ones? Well, uh, and and you know, I didn't play much of two, and I don't think I ever finished three. To be honest with you, I got yeah, a bit. Yeah. I've only played through three once. The rest, I the other two, I've played through a whole bunch of times. Oh. For some reason, I never really. I tried replaying Dark Souls three, but I never finished it more than once. Sure, sure. Uh, but Bloodborne, I mean, Bloodborne has, uh, and I've played through Bloodborne several times, Bloodborne has some amazing boss fights. Thinking of um, the big undead wolf lady in the church. You, who's you probably know more than me, because that's another one I've only played once, because it was la- PlayStation exclusive, and I... Mm-hmm can only be bothered to play games on pc <laughs> in my off hours that's the only that's uh, every once in a while i'll dust off the playstation 4 you know playstation 4 is my blu-ray player at the moment uh, yeah, but every your, once in a while your, your blu-ray oh, and your bloodborne player it's my bloodborne machine i want to say her name is lady lady amygdala um what ifs what <laughs> Well, if I don't get it right, Lady... Ooh, is it Lady Maria? No, it's not Lady Maria. Lady Maria is the one in the clock tower, which was also a fun fight. Lady... uh, Big white... Wolf. Oh, I think I know the one, yeah. What's her name? I don't know. Ah, Vicar Amelia. Right, right, that one. By the way, if you Google Bloodborne Big White Wolf Lady, the very first thing that pops up is bloodborne.fandom.com Vicar Amelia. So There you go. Beautiful. Uh, Vicar Amelia is a, a wonderful fight. Uh, you know, obviously like big monster, but still utilizing most of your tricks. Uh, did you ever play through the DLC? No. Oh, the very final boss of the DLC. Um uh, is one of the most uh, Bloodborne uh, DLC is called uh, is called uh, the one undying what, what is his name how do you uh, da, 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 da. final boss Bloodborne oh DLC not GLC that's why uh, dude, the Orphan of Koss, that's what it is. The Orphan of Koss is the final boss 
uh, for the Old Hunters DLC. And it is a human-sized boss, but he also has this, like, like monstrousness part of him. And it is one of the most intense fights. You razor quick reaction times, uh, really like, you know, looking for all of those tells and he is super fast and strong and it takes every single part of your Twitch reflexes to beat the orphan of cause. Beautiful fight. Bloodborne on PC, please. Mm-hmm. And if Demon's you, Souls, it, of course, cause that's, Partly why we did this whole podcast is because Demon's Souls is coming out for PS5 and I'm going to play it again. If you don't mind, Little Bloodborne on PC would be lovely. It's such a lovely game. And generally every console exclusive on PC, please. (laughs) Infamous 2 would be nice. Mm. I like that one. Uh, but yeah, I guess, I guess like for, for me, my wrapping up thoughts here, if we are getting to wrapping up time, which I, I suppose we are. Yeah. We've just been like gushing for the last hour or so. Might as well just find something relevant to wrap it up with. Well, and I, I like for anyone who says, I know you get this a lot. I know I get this a lot that we hate every game. Here is us gushing for an hour about a game. Oh, I think I've gushed enough about Dark Souls over the years. (laughs) And like, I suppose to me, like the, the, the sum of Dark Souls or Bloodborne, uh, the, the whole of Dark Souls is bigger than any of its individual parts, right? Like, you know, we've, Mm. I, I think a lot of bosses can be considered mediocre in Dark Souls, but once you add the tone, the lore, the location, the setting, the, the teaching mechanics once you once you add all of the little things that dark souls does so right even the mediocre boss fights can be elevated as part of the whole game and as you say it's the ebbs and flows that make the experience mm-hmm. so those mediocre moments uh what you need to make the really standout moments really pop absolutely take any like individual moment out of dark souls it wouldn't work so well it's all <laughs> you gotta have all the context Mm, I like that. Mm. I think that's a great way to end it. Have all the well, context. Bye then. Okay. <laughs> get well, all for, the context. Get all the context and play Dark Souls. It's really worth it. Um, hopefully we didn't spoil it for you, uh, it, but it's still worth it. Even if you know all the story, it's still a worthwhile experience. And if you just listen to this first, head over to escapistmagazine.com where you can hear uh, which is the best boss fight in Dark Souls. Uh, slightly Civil War where Yancey and I have to argue about which is the best boss fight uh, with two of arguably the worst bosses. Yes, it's on YouTube too. Oh, it is on YouTube too, and you can become a YouTube, uh, subs- not subscriber, member. member. Yes, and there's subscribers and there's members. It's two right. levels. And we want you to subscribe to us no matter what, but if you become a member, you can get content on YouTube a week early and special uh, emojis when we live stream. Or you can become an Escapist Plus member, which means ad-free viewing on the site, plus bonuses like asking the creators questions for our monthly Ask the Creators Questions video. Mm. Uh, Fantastic stuff. I don't know if I have anything else to plug. Uh, well, let's just say I've been Yahtzee Croshaw. You can follow me on Twitter at Yahtzee Croshaw. I and do Zero I... Punctuation. There's uh, Twitter for that as well, at Z Punctuation. That's true, and I've been Jack Packard. You can follow me on Twitter at Harlack, H-A-R-L-A-C-K, and I do a lot of things. So just follow me on Twitter, and that's where I say where I do all the things. Yes. Okay, Until bye. next time, everyone. Bye.